0: I love the Kings retros, man, Johnny. They, they look sharp on the weekend.
1: Yes, the Kings look good in their reverse retros. They're two for two in the uh, reverse retro era here. The last one was beautiful. This one's great. Todd McFarlane was the name you were looking for, who designed, I believe, the uh, the other Oilers jer- or the, the current re- reverse retro.
0: Yeah, I wasn't looking that hard for that name. I don't like. Do Do you like that jersey? <laughs>
1: No, I don't like it, but heres I did find something out interesting today, um, which many people probably know in Edmonton, and that is that the bolts on that thing, there are five bolts, and they represent the five Stanley Cups. So I, I always like the little design details that go in there, so uh, that was pretty cool to learn.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Um, okay, I wanted to start with this one. You were on the show about three weeks ago, I would say, and one of the things you wanted to talk about was the progression of Brant Clark, a lottery pick, Um yeah. And a defenseman they have high hopes for. It. Explain his path back to the minors.
1: Yeah, sure. So, Brent Clark is a 19-year-old defenseman coming out of the OHL. Of course, he's not eligible for the AHL. Uh, it's either NHL or back to the OHL for him. However, there is a clause, uh, you know, a little exception that uh, that is available. So, by sitting five straight games at the NHL level, which he did recently, uh, that allows him to be assigned down to the AHL for a two-week conditioning assignment so once he went in and made his nhl debut he played in eight straight games and there was a lot of talk that he's he's here to stay uh for the season uh at the nhl level and then he sat out for a couple of games and he got into his ninth game uh against dallas and uh, took a big hit there sat out the next couple of games and the next thing you know it was five straight so from everything i'm hearing and all indications are the plan still is for brant clark to remain up in the nhl uh this season now that could be interrupted uh, by a trip to the World Juniors perhaps if Team Canada uh, is interested in him for such a thing. Uh, He did participate in Team Canada's evaluation camp over the summer. You figure that camp's going to get going uh, probably the first week of December. So Clark's uh, two-week conditioning assignment began on Sunday. He played his first game with Ontario and uh, was used quite heavily in the last five minutes of the game. It seemed like he was out there the entire time and Coach Marco Sturm had mentioned that you know, it took him about 40 minutes to get adjusted to life in the AHL, and felt that he was much better in the third period. Uh, the team is off this week, the rain, so they'll get a lot of uh, practice time, and then they play back to back this weekend against the Henderson Silver Knights. And then his his AHL conditioning assignment will end the Saturday after American Thanksgiving here, so in about another 10 days, and that leaves about a week to a, you know to 10 days at the most uh, uh, of a gap before the Team Canada camp would open. So. Would the Kings possibly play him in his 10th or 11th game during that time period, activate his entry-level contract, uh, or would they leave him on the sidelines and then just let him go off to to, uh, camp with Team Canada? That remains to be seen. So for right now, it's it's kind of a one day at a time, or at least we're not looking past one game or the next game, uh, which will be this Saturday in Henderson.
0: And I do have to ask, and I've asked before. I mean, I went on a deep dive on the 2019 draft. I got into some Jack Hughes stuff last night, and there's so many good players from that draft already. Uh, I don't know if we're waiting on turcott yet. I don't even know if he's playing right now. But and Byfield goes back to Ontario.
1: Is the I always
0: ask you this. Is Is the plan still being executed?
1: The plan certainly is still being executed. The Kings, in December of 2018, kind of turned the tables upside down and decided they were going to go into a recreate uh, uh, mode. And they wanted to do that, you know, uh, on the fly. So they wanted to maintain their core four uh, at the time, Dowdy, quick Brown and Kopitar. And uh, basically everybody else exited the organization from Jake Muzzin to Jeff Carter, et cetera, get a bunch of high draft picks, be lottery team for, for two years there. And uh, they did that with Byfield and, and, and Turcotte, And then later added Clark uh, to their, to their draft or excuse me, to their prospect pool as well. So, the plan is still being executed. I think probably the one thing that we've learned along the way though, is that um, the Kings are very patient uh, with their development plan. And so they're not rushing any of these kids, whether it's Rasmus Kapari, whether it's Gabe Velarde, Quentin Byfield, each player has their own unique situation as well. So, so Byfield has probably been given the biggest opportunity to play. Uh, However, He's had a couple of injuries and then an illness this year that has kind of slowed him down. So uh, QB is with the American League Club right now. He's with the Ontario Reign. He's on you know, an unofficial conditioning assignment. You don't have to label it that way when you're, when you're waiver-exempt. But he'll be down there uh, for a couple of weeks. We'll have to see how long he's there. Could it be 20 games? Uh, get his confidence going, get his game, get the rhythm going, and then get him back up to the big club. In the meantime, Capari will fill in. Uh, which, you know, that wasn't the plan on paper coming into the season. Quentin Byfield was penciled in as the 3C. Uh, But you look at a guy like Gabe Velarde, his situation's different because of the back injury. And the patience has paid off, though. The patience has paid off with Adrian Kempe. The patience is now paying off with Gabe Velarde. Uh, When you look at QB and when you look at uh, Brant Clark, you're talking about very, very young players. And if this was a bad team, a team that was out of the playoffs, if this was the Anaheim Ducks, for example, and, and kind of where they are in their, uh, their retooling, you could play those guys. And that's what the Ducks did with Jamie Drysdale, et cetera. Uh, the, the Kings could be in a better position to just let these younger players grind it out at the NHL level. Uh, instead, they're choosing to send some of these guys down to the American League when they can, let them get experience there, and over-marinate the old Detroit Red Wings uh, uh, phrase. Uh, you know, and uh, and then put them into the NHL lineup. And in the meantime, the Kings have added players from the outside. You know, Rob Blake brought in Phil Deneau. He brought in Victor Arvidsson. Uh, he brought in this summer Kevin Fiala. So they've added talent. I would say that, yeah, the plan is still in place, which is that ultimately to win, they still believe that the core group is going to come from their prospect pool they're going to need guys like kaliev like byfield like clark etc to rise up and become the next core four or core five or whatever that group is going to be and that's what's going to ultimately give them sustained success at the nhl level
0: is turcotte still in that core
1: yeah turcotte is uh good news on turk he's back now playing again Uh, i was happy to to see him smiling again on Sunday, uh, he play, he's played a couple games now with the Ontario Reign um, since returning. Of uh, for those that don't know, he had you know two pretty serious concussions last year. One at the end on, a, on a end of the year, just on a vicious hit uh, that that led to a suspension uh, in the AHL uh, of the player that that, that knocked him out. Um, he had a rough summer. He see he was able to see quite a few specialists and and get back, and uh, he's been playing. and And from what he's w- has been saying, he said he really doesn't remember feeling. This great uh, in a long time. He said, of course, I have felt this good in my in my lifetime, but it's been a long time. Um, so he's feeling really good. He's had a lot of starts and stops in his career, even going back to his college days, uh, playing at the University of Wisconsin under under coach Tony Granado and back to the uh, U.S. National Development Program. So uh, he's feeling really good. We'll have to see, you know, how the things progress. My best guess would be that he's going to spend the balance of the year in the American Hockey League. If he was able to get a cup of coffee, it would be very, very for a very short period of time. Um, I think they're just going to really allow him to use this year as a catch-up year, as a development year, and uh, get his feet back under him, and again, get his confidence going, and then uh, we'll see what happens come training camp next year.
0: Well, the reason I asked you to come on originally was because after a bit of a scuffling start, they had a stand and swept it, went 4-0. and What were they doing better?
1: Better defense, uh, by and large. Uh, you know, I think back to a game that they lost earlier this year against the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, it was probably the, the peak of Coach talkation um where during the post-game press conference he basically said, hey, look, you know, we've said and done all the right things as coaches, and uh, at some point the players are going to have to want to stop playing run-and-gun hockey. And that's what they were trying to play. And playing it Lucy Goosey was not working. They had gotten away from their identity. Uh, there are some other sub-bullet points that you could add to the story, You know, trying to fit in Kevin Fiala, getting him to play his game within their structure, et cetera. You saw Fiala move down off the top line with Kopitar to the third line, um, and, but really get his game going. And, hey, Fiala still leads the team in points as well, so it's obviously working. But since that moment, they, they really did go on a tear there. I think they went 6-1-1 uh, one and one, or maybe 7-1-1 one and one, uh, until they, they got away from what was working uh, not only in that four-game winning streak, but also the couple games prior. They got away from that in the Calgary game on Monday night. And uh, the score was 6-5, but the game was not a 6-5 game. The Kings, um, they really had it handed to them uh, throughout the majority of that game. And uh, hopefully that's something that, that Todd and the coaching staff, they were able to address uh, through, through the skates since then. And, hey, there's plenty of revenge, I think, on everybody's mind when the Kings arrived in Edmonton, uh, uh, you know, for this game. Uh, because the Kings believed that they should have beat the Oilers in the playoffs last year. And it certainly was their game to win in game six uh, during that playoff series last season.
0: But they shouldn't have. Uh, my recollection is after winning game five, Edmonton was decidedly better in six and seven. You didn't see it that way or don't remember it that way?
1: Uh, well, the Kings had an opportunity to win game six at home. Uh, they yeah. they were tied or up and they had a power play and they, they, you know, they could have and should have won at home. You're supposed to win at home. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, so, it was there for the taking uh, is the point. Uh, Clearly the Edmonton Oilers won and over that's why you play seven games to find out who the better team is. And, you know, it was not game seven and game six were two different games because in game seven, Edmonton from the drop of the puck had made it very clear to anybody watching that they were going to win game seven when the Kings lost at home in game six. uh, As far as I'm concerned, it was more of a a formality uh, to fly everybody up to Edmonton and play that game seven. But the series was over at that point. So, you know there, there still is a lot to prove because the Kings still also want to prove that last year was not a fluke and uh, they want to they want to show that they're here to compete at the top of the Pacific Division and uh, that you know after you lose the way they lost in Calgary the other night, there's some additional motivation there as well. So we'll have to see if the Kings come through tonight in Edmonton their first their first uh, rematch if you will, with the Oilers coming out of that playoff series last year
0: i was in will if kopitar scores there man all bets are off in the overtime that would have been fun before i let you go you mentioned fiala i wanted to bring it up 18 points already uh, i i've long been on record this guy's a of what he does and i thought going to a new team it would be even slower he gets better as the season goes on and then becomes a force in the second half that's his method so to see this guy get off to a good start that's big news
1: yeah, you know, you had mentioned that over the summer as well. You know, as uh, kind of a bug in my ear of something to keep an eye on and look out for. And when you saw him go from the first line to the third line, for me that was an uh oh moment. That was like uh oh, what's the message that's trying to be sent here, and and how is he going to react? I think he's reacted wonderfully. Um, he he's a player who's made his line mates better. He's a player who's continued to adjust. And I think Todd said it best the other day. He's he's allowing him to play his game or found a way to play his game within the structure of the LA Kings. And so that's one of the reasons I think that he's had so much success. And uh, you know, what's really fun about watching Kevin Fiala is trying to come up with and identify a player in the Kings sort of history, if you will, um, that plays the game in a similar way that he does. He just contributes uh, in so many different areas. We look at certain players and go, oh, that guy's a good goal scorer. We look at other players, oh, he plays good defensively. Oh, this guy's a good passer or whatever. Fialik, you know, he really is in many ways the total package. He contributes uh, in all areas of the ice and in all situations. And uh, it's it just a, a fantastic find. I know it's a small sample size, but a fantastic add, I should say, uh, to the L.A. Kings. And uh, if it plays out this way over the summer, I think we might be looking back at GM Rob Blake and saying that he went two for two over the last two summers. He won the summer the year before in getting Phil Deneau and Victor Arvidsson. And then to land uh, really the prize of the 2022 summer in Kevin Fiala and get him to a long-term deal, uh, if this – sort of path that he's on right now continues uh that that's that's quite a a feather in the cap of the general manager of the la kings
0: well done john thanks for the time on a busy day appreciate it enjoy the game this evening
1: all right Boom. we'll keep thinking about you and we'll talk to you soon